This is Masks Off. I am Tia Fagan. And I'm Kim Gross. Who are you behind the masks you wear? We are here to have real conversations about how to live a more empowered and authentic life. So join us, remove your masks, live your life. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim. And I'm Tia. And we are so glad that you're here with us today, listening or viewing. And I'm going to begin today's episode with a quote by Kyle Cease from his book, The Illusion of Money. Amazing book, by the way. Fabulous book and great speaker too. (laughs) Very much so. Highly recommend him. Yep. So he says in his book, um, the painful stories of our past aren't just there to make us feel sad or angry or repressed. They are there to take us deeper and uncover a bigger part of ourselves. When you give that pain the space and attention it needs, you keep drilling deeper and eventually it will lead you to an entirely new perspective and the ability to connect to what you are on a new level. So in his book, he has you do a lot of different exercises where you have to look at some of your limiting beliefs. And so he did have an exercise here where he had you list things that are no longer serving you. Whether it's such it a great exercise, isn't it? Such a great exercise. It could yeah. be a relationship. It could be stuff, you know, even just clothes or stuff. Because when you start to get rid of all that excess stuff that is pulling you down, And in fact, in his book, he does do a lot of talk about low vibration and high vibration. Mm -hmm. So when you get rid of this excess stuff in your life, it just makes more space in your life. It creates more space. And we can talk about that. But I do want to just share um, when I did the exercise. So I had to write down some limiting beliefs that I have or Mm -hmm. had. So one of the ones that I put down was, um, and again, going back to the title of the book is called The Illusion of Money. And it really isn't about money per se. It's about the, you know, it's about energy and creating space. But I was able to recognize that I have a belief system that I'm not capable of generating a good amount of money. Mm, So how long do you have, you have that? Well, it's interesting because when I was little, when I was 11, I started babysitting. So I always worked from a young age. I babysat. I always had jobs. I was a lifeguard. You know, I always worked all the way and, you know, through high school. And even though I had jobs and I earned money and I generated money, I still was felt like I was taken care of. But financially, by my mom and by my my aunt. My aunt um, didn't have any children, and she was like a second mom. So okay. she would give me an allowance. Sometimes I did stuff to earn it. Sometimes I didn't. You know, she would always like over overpay me. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, I'll give you five dollars for every A you get. You know, like back then that was like a lot of money. Right. So I didn't necessarily. I did earn it, but it was a little 
over the top. Mm-hmm. So then I went to college and then I did become a school teacher and I was generating money. And I think I felt that way at that point that I could. And then at the age of 30 is when I had Ryan. Right. And then from 30 until now for the last 21 years, I haven't worked right. outside the home. You've worked, but you haven't worked, generated an income. Out. I have not generated an income. Yeah. And during that time, my husband really took off. He was able to really grow financially and he's able to generate the money and he's the provider. Mm-hmm. And so, and along the way, I tried little things like little businesses, but again, I had this belief system that like we talked about in the last, this last episode that I'm not a risk taker. Mm-hmm. And he would often tell me, Kim, you're not a business person. You're not a business person. Mm-hmm. You're so not a business person. Drilling it in even more. Yes. Right. You know, you don't have it in you to be a business person. And he didn't mean anything mean by it, but no. he just saw me as not being a business person. Mm-hmm. So, and then he continued to grow. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just, just a stay at home mom. Right. So that's a whole other thing we could deconstruct. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I just, that's where I think this belief system came from is that I'm not capable of, and even still growing up, everyone in my family and life, they just had basic paying jobs. No one really made it big. Mm-hmm. And generate, and not that that's important, but I just it was something energetically that I felt right. growing up that to make. In fact, like I remember, I had one uncle growing up where he did really well, and I can remember conversations like, "Oh, you know, this uncle he he makes a lot of money," and like putting him on a pedestal for being able to. But the rest of success, us, lo- right? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, success. But the rest of us, lowly people average mm-hmm. middle-class people, you know, that that's unavailable to us. So, right. so you have that belief right there. Exactly. And that is often, well, is almost always what comes up with clients is they feel mm-hmm. what they want is unavailable to them. If they want to be free from alcohol, if they want to be free from depression, free from anxiety, free from feeling I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, they feel like that freedom is unavailable to them because of the belief systems that they have had all along, where they're, they're stuck in that neuro pathway, like we right. talked about. And if you're already feeling that that's not an, available to you, it's not going to be attainable. Exactly. Because you're not in alignment. And if you're not in alignment, no matter what you do, you're going to continue to do that self-sabotaging. The limiting beliefs are always going to win. Exactly. So how does one become in alignment? Let's talk about alignment. Alignment is so important. Mm, What does that mean? I don't know what that... For me, it means that I know deep within my inner being what's true. It's knowing my truth and, and... that feeling is so important because if we can't feel that it's possible that I am this, mm. we're going to just continue to put more and more roadblocks in front of us. So that alignment for me, um, you know, cause otherwise imposter syndrome comes into play, all these yep. other things. It's like, I have to believe in myself. 
And so when those limiting beliefs come in, it's like, no, thank you. But that's not true because I feel it in my bones that I am this, whatever Mm. this is, or I am able. And that's the manifestation too, right? We can't manifest something if we can't envision it and believe it and feel it. Absolutely. So going back to that example of that belief system that I'm not capable of generating a salary or a good income. Right. I think one to even just take care of myself. Right. So that's what I have to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have to be able to shift and say, well, who says that? Like you always say, who says that? Is that true? Do I know that for certainty? Mm -hmm. It might feel in this moment because I'm just starting out. It might feel in this moment that it's real, but is it true? Is it really true that Mm -hmm. I'm not able or capable of earning or generating an income? Yep. Right. Because if you believe that you aren't, then guess what? You're going to just, exactly. Because you're just not going to allow it. You, you'll get this glimpse that you can. And then if you believe, wait a minute. Yeah. I really can't. Oh, I better pull back. So you're energetically yes. creating the blockages. And exactly. When we release that energetic blockage, that's when the windows open. Like you were saying what Kyle says. It's so true. If we have all this stuff in our way, these roadblocks, yes. these boulders, these physical things, you know, whether it's clutter in our home or in our brain, um, that is not going to energetically allow the space for what we desire to come to fruition because there's too much in the way. There's too much cloudy energy, I guess. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I was just thinking too, like what we were just saying about if I think or if any, if I think I can't, then I won't. Mm-hmm. So that's the definition of self-fulfilling prophecy, exactly. right? Exactly, right. Because we yeah. create it. It's the co-creation. It's the co-creation. It comes back to that because we're so, co-creating it not to happen, even though we may think we're not. Yes. If we go within, we realize those limiting beliefs are in the way. And my teacher, Marissa Peer, and many teachers that are in this camp of change your thoughts, change your life. Mm-hmm. So often they'll say it begins with our thoughts. Correct. Right. Our thoughts will create our feelings. Our feelings will create behaviors and belief systems, which then create your destiny, create mm-hmm. your life. Right. And, you know, I, I point this out to my daughter all the time because she'll say things even even from the standpoint of a thought like this if you say to yourself if you're hungry oh my god i'm starving i'm starving right i could eat a horse right now right well clearly you're not going to eat a horse (laughs) clearly (laughs) wouldn't fit in you (laughs) it wouldn't fit in you you're not going to eat a horse And you're clearly not on the verge of starvation. Yes. Right? But here's the thing. We talked again about that primitive brain. The brain just only responds to what you tell it. Exactly. If you tell tell yourself, you tell your brain that you're starving, guess what? You're going to eat a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. You're going to overeat. 
because your brain thinks that you are truly starving because you just said it. Right. And now you're going to just stuff the food in your mouth because you don't know. Your brain thinks it's not going to get food again for a very long time. Exactly. Back to the tribal days. That's how powerful, like, and you pointed that out in the last episode, that our brain, that primitive brain truly hasn't evolved. It doesn't know the difference. Not at all. Because that was real and that was true. It was real and it was true, but it's not. You can't eat a horse and you're really not starving. Maybe you didn't eat in four or five hours. You're hungry. Or six hours. You're hungry, but you won't die from starvation. So that's just a very simple example, Mm -hmm. but we have to be very careful of the thoughts and the words that we use because the mind does respond to it. These are the rules of the mind that I teach when I'm working with clients. So if I'm constantly telling myself, I'm no good, I'm no good, Mm -hmm. I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not enough. If that's my repetitive thought, which... The I'm not enough one was, it's going to then impact how I feel, which Mm -hmm. is then going to impact what I do and how I behave. Mm -hmm. So if I'm what you create and what I create, and it's this, and then it's the cycle, it's the hamster Mm -hmm. wheel around and around we go. So if I'm thinking the thought I'm not worthy, and again, where did that thought come from? Right. It was imprinted at one point in my childhood. Yep. So it's, it's a belief system that was imprinted in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And it can be from our parents. It can be from a teacher. It can be from peers. It can come from a number of places. Right. But and going, it's reinforced over those and, years. And then it's reinforced. And then mm-hmm. as adults, we keep reinforcing it. I kept totally. reinforcing it. Right. Right. So when we were so talking we believe about- believe it's true. So we believe it's true. It must be true. Right. And here it happened again. <laughs> it happened again. So here's another example of how this has been playing out for me. And I just had an aha moment just Ooh. in this session. All right. So I'll share, I'll be vulnerable and share that I have um, one of my patterns or self-sabotage, self-sabotaging behaviors is overeating, one that I struggled with, as you know, since I was 11. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where it was imprinted when I was young. Yep. Um, and so I have had, I think, a total now of four sessions, RTT sessions on overeating. And the first two were back in October. And initially, when I first had them, I had freedom I was like, I wasn't, I was indifferent to sweets and junk food. And I was eating when I was hungry only. I was mindful. I was pausing. I was doing all the things that were put in my recording and in, you know, the new thought police. And that lasted for, for a while. I was like, wow, this is great. I had the freedom. And then I noticed that maybe, you know, several months later, it started to kind of like creep back in. And then I had another session, another session. And I went to all these underlying layers because it's always about, first of all, food issues are never about food. There's always an underlying, right? So it's about, and what I do in RTT is help clients go to the root cause of the behavior. So I was going to the root cause of Mm -hmm. why I was overeating and different things came up, made sense. It was 
another layer to the iron. Yeah. And I felt like I had healed all of that pain. I found all the root causes, but yet, you know, I was still having this, mm, you know, still grabbing for some unhealthy food, not nearly as much as I was before, but it was mm-hmm. still there. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as I was just like preparing for this episode and thinking about how, when we have those limiting beliefs, you feel like you have, you can have the thought that it's unavailable to me. And I was like, wow, there is another layer there that being completely free from this is unavailable because what I have not explored yet is that the times when I was 11 or whenever, you know, really throughout my life, whenever I've tried to diet or restrict my food and I lost some weight Mm -hmm. or I was eating healthy and clean, it never lasted Mm. it would only last for a little while and then it would come back. So there's an ingrained pattern starting with a thought that then goes to a feeling to a behavior and then a pattern and a belief system that being able to have that lifelong or to keep maintain it is unavailable to me. It's only available for a Mm. little while. And this is playing out. It's the thought and it and then it keeps cycling back that okay i can do it for a few days mm-hmm. i can even do it a few months, months. Even, even a for, few months yeah. i i did it even for a few months i was yeah. like wow um but to k- keep going with it to have it be permanent i was having this thought and belief system mm-hmm. not available to me maybe for other people but not me you're the exception so, I, right <laughs> Which I'm really not because because mm-hmm. I can make it available to myself mm-hmm. if I think it, believe it. Yeah. And then it becomes my reality. So what steps are you taking to well, shift that? Yeah. So now you? that I know, so now that I know um, when the thought comes up that I can't do it, mm-hmm. I need to replace it with I absolutely can. Mm-hmm. I, I have to change the thought first, which is then mm-hmm. going to change how I feel feel about myself, which will then change how I behave in terms of then what do I, what am I going to eat? Am I going to grab for that, you know, piece of candy or that unhealthy food? Mm -hmm. And, and I can say, you know, I can say no, because it is available to me. Right. Right. And so having, I mean, and that's really one of those key first steps, however you access it, whether it's through RTT or doing some of the exercises in Kyle Cease's books, whatever, because there's, and a lot of these modalities overlap and so they can be helpful together. So it doesn't mean just one way you have to, you have to feel that for you, but it's, it's the awareness. We have to have the awareness because we don't have the awareness how can we yeah. change something? So you gained a layer of awareness back yes. in October, and then yes. you gained another layer of awareness. And so now having more and more awareness only gives you the ability or does give you the ability yes. to make the shift, make the change, say that limiting belief no longer serves me. Yes. So now I'm going to choose a different way. Because we have to, we have to override it because it's so deeply ingrained in us. Yes. And that's the thing where we have to remember, we have to have compassion for ourselves, grace for ourselves. Yes. So just because it's going great for two months and we fall back on 
to into this old pattern, it may be a different layer of that pattern. It may not be the same, but that's okay. It's like, it comes back to the growth and the comfort zone, right? So it's like, okay, so now I'm coming back here. Now I need to push myself back outside the comfort zone, change this belief. What, what steps need to be taken for me as an individual? What works for me? Make those choices. Oh, I messed up again. That's okay. I get a redo. Yep. And I'm just going to continue to change that wiring in my brain, change those beliefs, find that inner alignment for what is true for me and move forward and then backwards and sideways and upside yes. down. And, but then as long as you continue that forward momentum, that discomfort feeling like, yes, because that discomfort brought you comfort or contentment or I mean, whatever word you'd want to put in there. Cause it yeah. wasn't easy, right? No, but you nope. do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. And I like what you said that even if, you know, you have a step forward and then you take a step back. Like I remember hearing a teacher once say that growth or recovery is one step forward, two right. steps back, one step forward, but nonetheless, you're still going forward, even though you're exactly. taking a step back. So as long as you keep moving forward, mm-hmm. Right? You're right. still growing. And you keep it in your awareness. You keep it in that knowledge. Does that mean we can have a month or two of yuck and just you wallowing? You yeah. know what? Sometimes that's part of it. I mean, and that's that no man's land, right? I don't know what yes. to do. I don't, you know, I'm sure you see this with your clients. I've seen it with myself, I've seen it with my clients. Um, you have this major growth or awareness, and then you're stuck. So yes. I call it, you're in the muck, you're in yep. the no man's land. And that is a place that is necessary for growth because then you can, as you're in that muck, you can find out what's true for me. Yeah. It doesn't mean I know how to move forward. Right. It doesn't mean you know how to move forward and move out of it yet because you have to find and go within and it's icky and yeah. sticky and not comfortable. It's not. But if you don't stay in that muck, stay in that ickiness, stay in that not knowing, then it's going to be an inauthentic moving forward. Yes. So that can last for an hour for some people. It can last for weeks. And it may depend. Or a lifetime. Yeah. And it may depend how deeply seated that limiting belief is within you. You know, if it's a, a really thin onion skin layer. Yeah. It may be fairly quick, but if it's one of those really thick layers, it's it may take, take a, while. a while. And so we have to have grace for ourselves. Yes, definitely. And, and know that, you know what, we may think we're in alignment and then we realize we're not. Yeah. And I think just going back to, again, what Kyle said, because you had just mentioned it, he said about um, when you give that pain the space and the attention it needs, you keep drilling deeper, keep right. drilling. And then you talked about go in, go in keep drilling deeper and eventually it will lead you to an entirely new perspective and the ability to connect to what you are on a new level. That's yeah. the space. Exactly. That's the freedom that comes. Mm-hmm. Another um, visual that I think about all the time too is using the analogy of water. Mm-hmm. So like a pond that's very stagnant, like right. a marsh, right? Where mm-hmm. everything is just stagnant Lucky. and you've got the layers of sedimentation building upon 
mm-hmm. building upon building upon versus water that is flowing like in a stream that's right. clear, right? So right. when you do the work and you can clear it now, you, and again, you just pointed out, you may need to be in that muck for a while mm-hmm. and that's okay. The, right. the hope is that we don't stay in that muck for our entire lives. Exactly. And that's where having a community or another person that, because it is easy. If you're feeling so alone, you can just stay there because it's that it may feel icky, but it's comfortable because it's too scary to take your feet out of that muck. And so that's why it's important to have someone else because we grow in relationship. We grow individually and we grow in a relationship, whether that's a friendship or what, you know, someone that you work with, a coach, someone like you, whatever that is. Yeah. And it can be different every time. It can be. It doesn't always have to be the same. Yep. So again, having awareness is key. Like you talked about, you have to be aware that you are a marsh. Or that you are, <laughs> you know, this pond that is just stuck you're with stuck. layers and you're stuck yeah. and stuck. And that you want to be the free flowing mm-hmm. river or stream. And again, not that that's perfect either, because mm-hmm. in a river or a stream, there are rocks, there's big exactly. trees. But when you're becoming more the river, you know, Tara Brock says it's so great. You can learn how to move around, Mm -hmm. flow around a rock, flow around it to keep flowing. It's not this boulder that's stopping you from forward movement. It's like, oh, it's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. There's a a rock in front of me. Am I going to push against it and try to move it? Or am I going to take the lesson and flow around? I know. Look at all the freaking wisdom we get when we get older. It's like, you know, I so, we talk about this so many times. I just so (laughs) want to like open up my kids' brains, like drill a hole in the top of their heads (laughs) and just pour it all in (laughs) because, you know, whatever. They don't know. They don't see it. Um, They don't have the awareness at this point. Mm -hmm. No. And I can see the layers of sedimentation Mm -hmm. piling up and add those layers of what we're living in right now. I mean, those are going to be interesting to see how that generation, I mean, we're all going to have to work through these layers that are showing up right now, but when you're still in a developing brain state, so whether you're six years old or you're 20 years old, your brain's still developing. And obviously we know that our brain is always developing, right? It doesn't stop developing. And right. We're talking like the general growth of your gray matter and whatever. Yep. 26, 27. Exactly. But you know, this quarantine and the fear Mm. and all of this that we're living in right now, the uncertainty of school, the uncertainty of, is this going to mutate again? What's it going to look like? Are we going to wear masks the rest of our lives outside in public? Like, you know, they do in China. I mean, who knows? We don't know what this is going to be, but what this is the real other fear. muck, right? What are these other mucky layers that I know. they're going to have to journey and traverse? And as much as we want to pour that wisdom into them, and we can still talk. I mean, I'm sure you're like me. I talk about it and they're like, I get eye rolls or... Yeah. 
whatever, mom. Um, and then other times they they talk about it themselves, but I think it just like we had to go through our own journey, our own muck. So do they, because we don't learn it from others. We learn it ourselves. By doing it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't I mean, that, um, hearing from others, but we have to experience it ourselves. Yes. To create the change. And the student has to be ready for the teacher to appear, right? And then what you're talking about, I think in terms of experiencing it ourselves, is that the hero's journey? Yeah. Right? Is that totally. the hero's? And yeah. it's, a soul, it's a solo journey. It is. It is because we all have our own experiences that no one else has. We may get the same messages or similar messages from culture, similar yeah. messages from our parents, whatever, teachers, but our experience is unique. It is. Yeah. It really is. I think when it comes to my kids, and I've talked about this so many times, this is the hardest place for me is with them because I do just want to like really pour that into them and help I them. I what I have been trying to do though is I love using analogies. It helps me a lot when I can visualize things. So if, mm-hmm. if life is compared to climbing a mountain, the climb, mm-hmm. like I love that song by Miley Cyrus. Um, if life is like climbing a mountain. And so if I'm climbing and let's say I'm climbing ahead of them, mm-hmm. I don't, I know that I can't carry them on my back walking up a mountain because that is going to just exhaust me and weigh me down. And I'm not going to be able to climb with the best energy that I could climb if they're on my back, right? It's going to exert a whole lot more. Right. Yet I don't want to tie them to me that, and also that they pull me back down, right? Where like, Mm -hmm. if they start to fall, I fall with them. That's Mm -hmm. not helping either one of us. No. But what I like to think about is that if I'm climbing, that I can reach my hand out and just say, you know, hold on to my hand. We'll walk together. And when they're really tired or I'm really tired, we can sit down on the path together. And that could just be, you know, me putting my arm around them or just sitting and being with them. Like, let's Mm -hmm. just sit here and we'll rest together and then we'll start climbing again. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what I want to be able to do is sit and rest with them guiding them, being mm-hmm. there, supporting them. Yeah. And sometimes just holding their hand and mm-hmm. saying, let's, let's walk together. I'll reach my hand out. I've got a lot of energy right now. You know, I'll help you. You can't get on my back, but uh, mm-hmm. you can hold my hand. No, cause they have to walk alone. They, right. They have to be able to climb that mountain themselves. Right. If you carry them, they right. learn nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. And then talk yeah. about, stuck yeah I just think it's when it's hard like if I if they're climbing the mountain and they're really starting to fall they're losing their grip on the hard. or their footing yeah and they're about to fall all the way down uh, maybe maybe they're not going to fall all the way down maybe that's the mm-hmm. limiting thought, there's right? the thought yeah right so see that's how you quite see it's just so in that fast moment, it's so fast that's yeah. where this is what this whole episode is about. Yeah. That's where changing your thoughts changes. Everything. But you caught it. Good, good. Right. You caught me too. Good catch. That was good. So I don't know that. Do I know that for sure? No. Do I know that if they lose their mm-hmm. footing, if they're in a struggle or they're in pain, do I know for certainty that they're going to go all the way down the mountain and fall into the ravine? Is that what it's called when 
a pig. So yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do I know that for sure? No, maybe mm-hmm. they're just lost their footing and yeah. they lost their balance a little bit and they just went back a couple of feet, but right. they're going to be able to get right back up and start climbing again. Exactly. And that experience oh of falling God. back two, three, four, five steps is likely yeah. exactly what they need. Because we have oh to go into the, just like we had to do that and experience, so do they. And if we hinder yeah. that, which is so easy to do as a mom, yes, because it's so hard and so difficult to see that them struggle and pain. Yeah, it's like, oh, get on that. my back. I can carry you. Um, yeah. But what happens if we do that? Then their next fall could be 10, 20 steps. I know. Because they didn't learn the lesson with the five steps back. We have so to remember true. that. I mean, yes. so I'll show you what this, I pulled a card the other day ah. and it's the burden for those of you. And okay. it's exactly what, what we're talking about. Look at, look at, he's carrying. Oh, he's on his back. Up a mountain. Oh my goodness. Oh yep. my goodness. Wow. And so it's all about, so clearly and it's a burden. Mm. I think I was carrying another's burden right now yeah and that card was my reminder and here's this conversation we just had conversation so it's that remembering and so I've been very mindfully in the last couple days going is this mine to carry if it's not I need to set it aside and I love coming back to your analogy too is holding your hand out because it takes one connection one person right one uh, what do they call it? A uh, witness, enlightened witness. Mm. And that's an important piece too, but that's not a burden. That's not carrying them on your back. It's that I see you. I'm here for you. If you want some support, let me hold you. So, so beautiful. It's so important to provide that, but don't carry. Don't carry. Don't hold that burden um, on another. I love this episode. I mean, I just Good. had so much ahas for myself. Good. And not only that, but just even like, I love how I caught myself in that mm-hmm. thought because not only like if I then change the thought to what I said, how I did change it, like maybe just them losing footing is just a little step back. Right. If I then have a different feeling, a different belief system of this is part of the process, they will be fine. Mm-hmm. That energy then that I put out for them is one now right. of encouragement. This I is normal. You. I believe in you. This yeah. is okay. Rather than my other energy mm-hmm. of if you fall, you're going to fall into the ravine. Oh, then the fear kicks in. Oh my gosh, you can't do this. What's going to happen? And And then they integrate that. And then they take that in. Now they've taken that on because I have just vomited that on them, that fear and that anxiety. And now what have I done? I've, I've possibly created anxiety in them, which I know I have done. And you pass along the belief that you started with this very conversation about is I can't provide for myself. Yes. Yes. So you would have passed, but you're catching it and changing generations moving forward. That's what's so amazing. So exciting. So exciting. Real life. Happy moment. 
<laughs> yes. So excited we get to share this with listeners and viewers and just to show that it's a process. Exactly. That's what this is. It is a process. Awareness, yeah. acceptance, and then change, and it's a process. Mm-hmm. And we, we so. stumble and fall, and then we have a choice. Clearly. Get back <laughs> up. Start climbing that mountain, people. That's right. Without carrying anyone else. <laughs> Without carrying anyone else. Yes. Uh, so awesome. this has been such a great episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening and viewing if you're watching us on YouTube. We so appreciate the support. We do. And keep climbing the mountain. Keep climbing. Yes. Mm, awesome. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe and share with friends and family. Check out the show notes for how to contact us. Remove your masks. Live your life.